Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. I am intentionally encouraged when I see people doing business the right way. And for the last 15 years, Damon Burton and his team at SEO National have done just that. Now you might say, Brian, what can they do for me and my business? I'm going to tell you what they can do for you. They can help you understand search engine optimization. There are a lot of players out there in the marketplace, but you want a team of people that are going to be dedicated to working with you and helping you to understand search engine optimization and how you can show up higher on search engines so that you can bring more revenue into your business. Damon and his team are full of integrity, honesty, decency, and trust. And if that's important to you and that encourages you, I would encourage you to give them a call today at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get a free quote and tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Get ready for a dynamite conversation coming up right now on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. Part two with my good friend, Mo Gaius. We're going to talk about fat loss. And again, you're like, Brian, why are we we doing this? Because these things are encouraging. When you can transform yourself, transform your body, transform your mind, it's encouraging. Thinking a different way. And my friend Mo Gaius joins me. You can find him on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Mo Gaius, M-O-E-G-H-I-A-S. But you can find him right here, right now on the Intentional Encourage Podcast. Mo, what's good? How you doing, man? Doing great, Brian. Good to be here. Good to be here. Let's go here for just a second. You know, Mo, I have you have some people. You, you'll be scrolling on Instagram, you'll be scrolling on Twitter, you'll be scrolling on something else. All of a sudden, you see an ad pop up. Let's, you know, fat loss. I, you know, I, I get them all the time. Take yeah. this pill and it'll just reduce fat and it'll shrink fat. It, it, and and they even talk about, well, well, we blew the sharks on Shark Tank away. <laughs> well, if uh-huh. you've watched enough Shark Tank, you get a guy like Mark Cuban that goes, man, I'm out you know, because I don't want to be tied to these ridiculous claims that may or may not work. You talked in the first part about short-term versus long-term results, but what happens, take me kind of through the science of what happens. You were talking about it, you know, in the last episode that we recorded about the shrinking and opening of fat cells. I want to know the science behind this stuff. Yeah. So I'll give you the the quick, like one minute summary. So what happens in human body is that we evolved over thousands of years where there was not enough food. So until 1960s, there wasn't enough food. So our bodies built their own savings account. That savings account, Brian, is our fat cells. So what happens is when you eat food that turns into glucose or as if it's protein goes into amino acids and all of that, but our body uses the energy it needs at that moment. But what does it do with the rest of that energy? Well, it stores it inside those fat cells. So that's our savings account because evolutionary for majority of human history, we did not have stocked up fridges. We did not have pantries full of food, right? 
it was like, hey, today we, we hunted down a deer, but who knows, we might not have another meal for three, four days. So our bodies have these fat cells. They're literally our savings account in the body. Those guys, they are literally tapped into when we don't have energy. So when you're fasting, for example, longer periods of time, your body taps into, your body literally starts a new process, taps into those fat cells, gets them to release their energy to actually utilize, to pump our heart, to pump the blood throughout our body and do a lot of those involuntary services. Now, those fat cells in, you know, in modern world, since the 1960s, we've had literally a surplus of calories, but our body still thinks it's in the caveman days. Our body, because it's so new, like human body for genetics and the DNA to rewire itself takes thousands of years, not 10 years or decades. It's thinking literally in thousands of years. So our body hasn't had enough time because it's only been 60 years since we had abundance of food. So our body hasn't had enough time for it to rewire itself and realize, hey, man, I don't need to store all this fat anymore. I can actually just not need it. But our body still stores everything because thinking tomorrow we might not have any food in the house. Or Mo, here's the thing. We store that fat. You know, we eat breakfast at 8 o'clock and then we're eating a snack at 10. We're eating lunch at noon, having another snack at 2, getting something else at 4.35 o'clock. Having another, I mean, we're constantly feeding our bodies now to your point because food is everywhere. Abundant. We're so blessed, right? Uh, which is a good thing. But I think on the other hand, it's what happens is with, with the biochemistry of those fat cells, Brian, they are there, right? Like they'll, they'll be there. It's not like when you, when you lean down or when you lose 30 pounds, those fat cells go away. They stay for the most part, right? It's just that when you're, when you have a lot of coming, a lot of fat coming, a lot of energy coming in, they just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's why you have like belly fat and stuff like that. And as you get leaner, they get, they shrink in size. They get So smaller. we're not giving our bodies time to really process that fat, are we, Mo? And to really get what we need because we're just continuing to pump. Because think you know, about it. Our body is not going to use its savings account as long as we have money coming into our checking account, Right. So if we have constant supply of glucose coming in from snacking throughout the day, coming in, you know, like, oh, it's it's 9 a.m. I'm going to go get a mocha frappuccino from Starbucks. Oh, it's 11 a.m. I'm going to go get, you know, grab a, um, you know, chocolate bar or something like that. So it's like we're constantly giving our body calories. So our body's like, hey, I don't need to tap into the savings account, which is the fat cells. They stay where they're at. And we are constantly adding more and more and more. We're making them bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's... And, and to be honest with you, a lot of people that, you know, that are overweight, you talk to them and they would tell you they eat healthy. They're like, it's not, it's not like they, they eat crazy more than normal people, right? They eat normal amounts, but what happens is there's no movement. They're not moving and they already have a big store of fat cells from years of eating a little bit every day that accumulates, right? A hundred calories eating like every day. If you're eating hundred more calories than you need every day, Brian, a week, that's 700 calories. In, in five weeks, that's one pound of fat. And, you know, you just keep adding because that hundred calories a day is compounding. Well, if you put a drop of water every day in a bucket, eventually that bucket's going to overflow. And you won't feel like, and you won't feel like you're overeating. Right. Yeah. you're eating. Well, and Mo, here's the thing. Here, here's where I want to go. Where I want to go for a second. The the fad thing to do now 
is you you see a lot of people talk about intermittent fasting. And, uh-huh. and I'm glad you brought that up, okay, because you can, you know, people are saying, okay, we've got to trick our bodies because intermittent fasting at some point will trip the fat cells. They're going to release that stored energy, and that's how you're going to get weight loss and things like that. I think there's some truth to it, but what's a misconception about intermittent fasting that people are not getting? The biggest misconception. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. So biggest perception about intermittent fasting, Brian, is people think that if they just fast, their body will start burning a lot more fat and they can eat whatever they want in the eating hours. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. Prices are going up by the day. We've got to find ways to increase our household revenue. Now, a couple ways you could do that is, one, you could go and ask your boss for a raise, but if that doesn't work, I've got another way for you. It's my friend Joe Hart's program called Products for Profit. Joe's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourage podcast and told his story about how learning retail arbitrage changed his life, and he's been helping thousands of people change theirs. Now, retail arbitrage is simply this. It's taking a product and buying it and then reselling it online for a higher price, and you keep the profits. And guess what? Amazon and Walmart use third-party resellers every day to fulfill their customer orders. I want you to go to productsforprofit.com or productsforprofit.carrd.co. Get connected to Joe's team. Tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast and start making money today with Products for Profit. And now let's get back to more great conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. That's not the case, right? So if you're eating 2000 calories a day, but then you intermittent fast, you know, 18 hours a day, but in the other six hours, you're consuming 4,000 calories a day. You're just stuffing your face. One of my biggest worries, because I'm, I'm Muslim, I come from Islamic faith and we fast during the month of Ramadan. It's like from sunrise to sunset, you are like not even allowed water, right? But guess what, Brian? Majority of Muslims gain a lot of fat during that month. Because that tendency to binge eat at night is so high for a lot of people. So they fast all day, then they go and have big ass meals yeah. and they just get super excited. And they, they think just because they fasted all day, they are immune to fat. Gain. Well, here's what would, ha- what ha- would happen to me when I had type two diabetes. Yeah. What would happen to me is that I would have a glucose spike or I'd have a glucose drop. And I would get super hungry and I would get shaky and I couldn't consume food fast enough, right? Like I was chasing food with food just to stop the, the, the spike, just to stop the downward, to keep the elevator from just crashing to the floor. And I feel like what you're talking about, Mo, is a lot of that same way where we fasted for the, for all this time. We've gone 18 hours without eating, and all of a sudden, it's like we can't get full fast enough. We can't get that satiating feeling of fullness fast enough. So what's the right way if somebody says, I still believe in fasting, what's the right way to fast? The best way to fast is fasting is great. I, I intermittent fast almost every day. And that's just because it's more convenient for me to skip breakfast and not eat anything. So the best way to actually intermittent fast is to start with the meal that is relatively high in protein. 
the last thing you want is to have your first meal that is high in carbohydrates, especially refined. Because what happens is, like Brian is saying, let's say you've been fasting for 18 hours and the first meal that you eat is high in sugars, simple sugars, right? What that's going to do is that's going to elevate your insulin levels. And then you'll probably likely be crashing in a sleep coma or food coma soon after, right? So you want to avoid that. But if you have more a high protein um, meal to break that fast with, you'll be fuller longer, it'll be more satiating, and you won't get that high of an insulin spike, right? If you're a diabetic, it's a different case. But for a normal person, just have your first meal, have some carbs, but keep it to a minimum um, and have a good source of protein to, to start with. What that will do is that'll keep you fuller longer, you'll feel better, and you're less likely to overeat protein and way more likely to overeat on carbs. Um, so that's just a trick that I've learned over the years that, that really, really helps. Well, and Mo, here's the thing too. I, I love what you said about taking that that protein, that, that protein-dense meal. Because here's the thing that I, I don't think people realize. We need protein for a lot of things in our body because you just mentioned you were talking about, hey, for thousands of years, we stored up. And, and when we were hunting food, and, and you can go you you can go back as recently as the early 1900s we were still hunting food to to consume at the point of of the hunt right i mean we were we were we were gathering we were hunting food to eat at that point in time and so i i think w what we've done is we've forgotten that protein has always been an important food source for human beings. We've just said, okay, we've got carbs. We've got now humans have baked bread forever, but the problem was bread and carbohydrates were not our primary source of, of food. It was always protein. Why have we forgotten the importance of protein in our society? I think over time, um, there are multiple reasons because um, protein requires us to kill something else, um, especially the animal-based proteins. But to your point, Brian, this goes even more deeper than that. So protein, the word protein comes from Latin, uh, protea, which means primary. So like protein was always considered the primary source of food. Um, and if you look at protein, they're made up of amino acids, right? If you look, break down proteins, there are 20 amino acids. And guess what, Brian? Nine of them are essential. What essential means is our body cannot produce them on its own. It needs them from the food that we eat. So protein is like very, very essential that we get enough of every day. And if you're vegetarian, vegan, you know, based on your ethical reasons, then there's all these like different food sources that you can combine. You can combine rice and beans and get a complete protein. You can combine, you know, um, wheat and peanut butter and get a complete protein. So you can do a lot of different tricks, even if you're not an animal protein eater. But the thing to your Brian's point is, I think one of the reasons we forgot about protein is we, as a country, as a, uh, as a national um, society, we couldn't agree on whether protein was that important. Scientists were saying one thing, and then you had a lot of, you know, um, ethical reasons for not. And then you also had overconsumption of red meat, which increased people's cholesterol. But genuinely, it was because we were get, moving less and less and getting more sedentary that all of those things. And everybody's like, yeah, like fats increase cholesterol. Oh, protein is bad for your well, kidney. We made protein a bad word. 
We right? made it. We, we, yeah. we, we just took it. And here's the thing, Mo, forgive me for interrupting. Yeah. We have taken protein now and we've said, hey, try these chocolate protein bars. And they're like, oh, wow, we've taken chocolate. And we and listen, there are good there are good protein supplements. And, and trust me, I've tried them. Yeah. You know, I like some chocolate protein powder in stuff because it tastes good. And you think to yourself, okay, well, the label says you're getting 30 grams a scoop. And the label says this. But you got to be careful and you got to read that label, too, because there are some proteins that our body doesn't break down very well. 100%. And they don't, especially for, you know, retaining muscle mass or building more muscle or growth, some proteins don't have that key amino acid named leucine to actually initiate the muscle protein synthesis. And I know I'm throwing a lot of science at you guys, but this is all real stuff right? Like there's certain things that are better. So for example, if you eat ground beef, a much higher quality, right? Make sure like there's some exceptions to it. You want to make sure that it's not too high in your calorie count, right? Like if you're eating hundred calories, only 10 of them should be from the saturated fatty acids, um, or that's the recommendation currently. But what I would say is like, switch around your protein sources, play around with it. You know, like for me, for example, I love chicken and beef. Some some weeks I would do chicken and lamb. Some weeks I would do turkey and bison. Like play around with your protein sources. And you can also do a lot of dairy, right? Like I know dairy is also getting a bad rep because our population tends to have lactose intolerance. So a lot of people are like, yeah, you know, I don't do any dairy. I don't do sugar. I don't do this. And that's how I'm losing weight. But it's like, you pretty much took out half your food sources. <laughs> but dairy- well, we we've, We have- I love where you're going with that because we have kind of said, oh, you shouldn't have lamb and veal, but man, those are great lean proteins. Not I only. love, I love lamb chops. They're fantastic. Fantastic. And they're they're also lean. really good source of, they're also really good source of, you know, zinc, really good source of yeah. other micronutrients too, that we often don't get from our highly processed foods that we eat outside of those things. So Animal proteins tend to be very, very good source of a lot of things. And, and obviously, like if you overeat on the, like if you're eating steak every day, every day, and you're eating three, four servings of steak every day, and you're not moving and you're not exercising, guess what, Brian? You're going to get fat, right? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if you eat every, things in moderation, don't be that person that excludes an entire food group just because your friend Johnny said, hey, cut out, you know, um, red meat or cut out dairy or cut out these branch of foods because then you're limiting yourself. And, and a lot of the time, even the bad foods sometimes have certain elements that are actually good for the body. And no one talks about that, right? Like even if you look at dairy, dairy, you know, whey protein or whey isolate or eggs or yogurt, these are all excellent sources of nutrients, right? But if you're lactose intolerant, okay, like stay away from them or, or find another substitution. But just, I think as a society, we're moving towards, and this has been happening since the 60s and 70s, where we blanket foods into one group and we're like all dairy, bad, all red meat, bad, all fatty foods, bad, all carbs, bad. And it's like, you just took out some of our really good sources of, of, of not only macronutrients, but also we have like, Brian, I'm going through this new advanced nutrition certifications right now. And if you, if you look at just the micronutrients, right? Like your calcium, your, your vitamin A, D, E, K, all these vitamins, right? Brian, most people 
are very deficient in all these sources. And these sources are crucial as coenzymes and cofactors. Like they, your body needs them to run basic functions inside. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know dreams are powerful pieces of intentional encouragement. We all have them. If you're a business owner, you've probably always dreamed of taking your sales to levels you've never seen before. I've got a guy that can help you with that. His name is Brad Norwood. My good buddy Brad has been on the Intentional Encourager podcast as a guest before, and he is a dream specialist. His company, Dream It Pro, offers incentive packages to travel to places such as the Masters, Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, even exotic places that you've always wanted to take your team, but you just didn't know how to do it. Brad's your guy. And oh, by the way, Brad's a certified bucket list coach, so he can help your team members achieve their personal dreams as well. I want you to go to www.dreamitpro.com and find out more or call him directly at 479-466-6907. And by the way, tell him you heard it on the Intentional Encourage podcast. Let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourage podcast. Right, there's, there's, I, we were just sitting and you and I are talking, but there are billions of cells inside of us doing keeping us alive right now. Yeah. And need they're a factory inside that needs parts, and there's only one way to give them those parts that's through food. And when we go hardcore, like you and I were talking before this podcast about fat loss versus health, right? Health is very important to remember. Maybe for fat loss, cutting out an entire group of calories is beneficial but is it helpful for your health? And I promise you compromising your health at the cost of your fat loss is a negative ROI transaction in the long run. Like it's not gonna lead to much good. Well, I love what you said there a minute ago. There are some good properties and bad foods. When you were saying that, I was like, okay, well, there's some great properties in chocolate. Problem is you can't eat 10 candy bars a day, you know, for, for the good, for the good, yeah, and 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 I, you know, listen, I I love sweets. I've always had a sweet tooth. Yeah, I love sweets. But here's what I've been what I've been kind of vibing on lately is taking some ripe bananas that are really ripe, and instead of eating ice cream, I'll take and make that with some chocolate protein powder and some peanut butter, and and I'll make an ice cream out of that 100%. or yeah or take some or take a, a an unsweetened chocolate bar and 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 melt it down with some butter and incorporate that in with some milk into that ice cream because you, you need the potassium of the banana the banana is going to give you the potassium that churned ice cream is not going to give you but here's the thing mo again I can't sit down and eat a gallon of of this ice this ice cream that I made, right? I have to do that in moderation. Why have we forgotten how important moderation is? Because we have abundance of it. <laughs> right? We have the abundance of food, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like if you go to a grocery store looking for an ice cream, and if you don't know how to read nutrition labels, you're always screwed. They will get you. Like you'll have food labels, Brian, that say no artificial sweeteners, no this, no GMOs, no this, and then it'll have 55 grams of sugar per tablespoon, all right? So it's like, 
the food industry is trying to trick us left and right. And the best skill that you can learn, and I, I hope they're teaching this in schools now, which is teaching kids how to read nutrition labels. If you know how to read nutrition labels, what to look out for, what to avoid, you'll be, you'll be better off. And when it comes to ice cream, like you can literally buy a tub of ice cream for $6 at your local grocery store. And that ice cream has a lot of sugar and it has a lot of other things that are just not good for you over time. And people, there's just abundance of it. And it's cheaper to buy a big bucket of ice cream than it is to buy, you know, a b bag of blueberries, for example. Well, so, here's the thing too. You know, yeah. my wife's grandfather who passed away a couple of years ago, he was 98 when he passed away. I know the first 16 or 17 years of his life that his mother probably cooked with lard, just pure lard. And you think to yourself, okay, why did they not have heart disease in the ways that we have heart disease today? And Mo, I think we, I think you've gotten to the root of it is they learned that they, they were going to go out and work like they were going to do hard labor and they were going to exert themselves for six, seven, eight hours a day in the sun. And they were going to, any kind of, any kind of properties that that lard, any kind of negative things that that lard had in it, they were burning it just as quick as they took it in. Have we lost the ability in the last 60 years to burn fat as efficiently as we burned it for, for uh, generations before? We, if you look at... If you look at our movement, like if you went, Brian, if you went back 70 years and, and you took, you know, your wife's dad and you put a tracker on him, like how much, how many steps he was doing, how much calories he was burning with movement throughout the day, I promise you will be radically higher than an average person today, right? So those guys back in the day, like my ancestors were the same, right? Like they were, their diets were very heavy in those strong fatty foods. Why was that? Well, because fat, when you eat fat, it's satiating for longer. It has more calories. So you don't get hungry until about noon or even later if you had a breakfast that's high in fat. Nowadays, we eat a big fatty meal in the morning and we come sit on our laptop and we fall asleep because we're not moving. <laughs> right? Because yeah. we're not moving. But those guys, they would go to the farms. They would lift heavy asked, you know, things and they would move things. They were out there sweating. So their body was out there also getting vitamin D, which was keeping them awake. And also like they're, they're just active. Right. And I think if there's one thing we can do, I think food is very important, but so is exercise. So is moving. So is activity, right? If we can get back into those roots of active living, half of those problems will be solved. And then our bodies will be able to digest foods better. We'll be able to sleep better. We'll be able to drink more water and everything just cascades into that, a healthy lifestyle. Well, Mo, I'll tell you this. My biggest problem a lot of times is, and I'm going to be very transparent in, yeah. in the few minutes we have left. I'm going to be very transparent. I eat a lot of meals in my car. And I think a lot of times we've done that to ourselves in the last 60 years is the advent of the drive-through because you know, I'll grab something for lunch because I'm hungry, but it's like, okay, but I got I got an hour drive. I, do, I can't sit for an hour and eat something a little healthier. 
I've got to keep moving. I could let me stuff down a burger. Let me throw some fries down me. Things like that. If you've got a job, and and we have some people, we have people in our audience that have jobs like that. What's Probably your not. best? Yeah. What's your best advice for those people that go? I need to eat my lunch in the car. I have to eat my dinner in the car. I yeah, don't have time to sit down and eat. What's your best piece of advice for those folks that eat a lot of meals in their car? 100%. I So, Brian, before I became a fitness coach, I was a healthcare consultant for three years. I worked for a company called 3M, and I was in Los Angeles' top 10 business travelers. And that's saying something. Like, I was traveling a lot. And some of that were, you know, on the road. Some of that was through planes. And I was still able to win physique shows and stay in really good health while doing that. And the trick is very simple, which is that you got to plan ahead. So if you know that you'll be traveling tomorrow and you got a two hour road trip or, you know, you'll be there, the best thing to do is obviously don't consume meals that are high in, you know, high in carbs or high in fatty foods. So the best thing to do is go for lean options, right? So what I would do, for example, I would be in Nashville, Tennessee, and I knew I had, you know, I was, you know, I had a meeting at 11, then we have a meeting at 2 p.m. and I have a two hour drive in the middle, right? I would go to like, you can go to a gas station, for example, and get a protein bar. And, and obviously there's some good brands and there's some bad brands, a really good brand. I would say that Quest has some good ones. So you can get like a Quest protein bar and then just get a zero calorie drink. So you can do like a diet Coke if you're a Coke person or just drink water, plain out water works too. So what you want is you want to save as many calories as you can throughout the day. Just keep your hunger levels at a stable range. Don't be starving, but just have a Quest bar. It's a good 200 calories. You'll get about 20 grams of protein from it. It has fiber, so it's satiating. But you actually come home at night where you have your meals cooked and you can have a good healthy meal. Or if you need to stop at a restaurant, get a some get something with a grilled chicken, right? Get don't get go for fried food. I wrote a full on um, Brian. I'll, I remind me of this, but I have, I have like a full on uh, PDF that I give to my clients. I'll give your audience for free. It's our fast food guide. So if you're someone that's always traveling and have like because fast foods are everywhere. The best thing to do is actually, I'll send you that guide. If anyone messages me, uh, I can send it to you for free. And in that guide, we'll tell you what places are the best to go to, what to order at those places and what, like, like what time to order kind of thing. So that guide will walk you through all of that, what I'm saying, but overall there are ways around it. You can definitely adapt a healthy lifestyle, regardless of how you're living. It's mostly about the many decisions you make throughout the day. If I can help you change those decisions or, or inform you on how to make better decisions, You'll be in shape regardless of your lifestyle. Man, I love the, the the many decisions we make through a day. That's so good. 100%. Mo, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you. Give the folks some intentional encouragement around their health, fat loss, things like that. You know, because again, as we've been talking, I'm like, man, I could do so much better. Like I could eat so. Like this is not hard. But it's just reach, what's a what's a piece of intentional encouragement that you would leave with the audience around taking care of themselves, their bodies, whatever comes to mind. Be intentional about it. The cost, it looks hard. It looks hard to exercise. It looks hard to eat healthy. But I promise you, the cost of you not doing it is too high. Imagine being at a nursing home. Imagine just the cost of having bad health is so high. I can't even begin to tell you how high it is. 
like Brian Tracy has a really good quote. He says, when you're healthy, you wish for everything in the world. When you're not healthy, you only wish for one thing, which is your health. So don't take your health and your fitness. Don't, don't, don't forget about it. Do something about it because your kids, your future generations depend on it. One of the reasons I got into health and fitness was because I looked at to the trajectory that my family was going. Almost everybody had diabetes. Everybody was overweight. And I just didn't want my future generations to have that. So if you're someone that cares about your children and wants your children to have better habits and your grandkids to have better habits, promise you start now. And if you need my help, just shoot me a message. I got you. Man, that is so good. Mo Gaius, this has been great. Lots of this, this part right here, you're going to want to go back and play this again and again. I'm going to go back and play this again and again. And, and Mo is just giving you this. It hasn't cost you a dime for Mo to drop this knowledge for you. Mo Gaius, my friend, thank you so much for joining me on the Intentional Encourage podcast. Thanks for having me, Brian. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.